It wouldn't be a repeat of 2016 unless we got to hear from Hillary Clinton as she bemoans the fact Donald Trump might actually win re-election. In fact, some people say he's got a decent chance. The betting odds have him above 40%. I mean, it's not quite a coin toss, but pretty close. Now, Hillary Clinton is upset because Donald Trump is dismantling our institutions. And she's right. He is. Donald Trump has announced a nuclear, ex- what are they calling it? His execution list is his post-election execution list or something like that. He's going to fire everybody. He's going to, he's going to fire the heads of the FBI. Uh, I think he's going to hire the, uh, fire the head of like the CIA. I don't know. I got, I got the story. I'll pull it up. But things are looking pretty good, uh, to be completely honest. Early voting in some states, really good for Republicans. And overall, early voting for battleground Senate seats is actually favoring Republicans right now. So it would seem Hillary Clinton has a real reason to be upset. The crony establishment deep state is going to be purged under Donald Trump. But another big news, as Donald Trump does seek to remove tons of government employees and strips away some of these civil servant protections, someone's actually resigned, someone appointed by Trump, basically saying, that Trump wants loyalists and he's going to be firing anybody who gets in his way and won't pledge their loyalty and cry me a river about it, dude. Obama did similar things. He fired, I think it was at 44 or, or uh, several dozen ambassadors because they were political appointees. And he also purged the military. These are old stories. I can pull them up, but it is true. Donald Trump is going to be firing tons of government employees. And am I supposed to be upset about that? Listen, man, if you're facing you losing your job, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not I'm not I'm not glad anybody's going to be out of a job. I mean, people dedicate their lives to their work. And it probably sucks when you find out Trump's a gunning for you. But the size of the government is a serious problem. And bureaucratic government is also a serious problem. I'm sure many people are framing this as though Donald Trump is going to purge the deep state. The way I see it is. If if it's really difficult to get rid of employees, but you keep bringing them on, then we have bloat. It's expensive. I'll tell you this. I'll make y'all a deal. Trump can fire all of these people, and then we'll use the excess resources towards, I don't know, government programs of some sort to help, you know, underprivileged individuals or whatever. I'd rather see that money freed up and go towards social programs than government bureaucrats. But let's let's get into it. We're, we're first going to talk about Hillary Clinton's view on what's going on, because I'll tell you this. Perhaps Hillary Clinton being sick to her stomach is a sign they know Donald Trump is going to win. Already memes are flying around where it's like secret Biden campaign staff being like, we all know he's going to lose. I'll tell you this. Right now, Donald Trump is getting tons of press. I saw a video up on Twitter from the Hill, and it was Trump talking about doing something. And it wasn't positive or negative. It was just a clip of Trump. Rallies are happening. Sound bites are emerging. And they're neutral to positive. We're not seeing waves of content of, of Trump saying nasty things. For the most part, it's like Trump just said this. We're not seeing anything from Joe Biden. He's hiding in his basement. So I tell you this, Hillary Clinton, you have real reason to be sick to your stomach. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there are many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box. If you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. The real way to challenge the mainstream media. YouTube is a great place. There's a bunch of people with a bunch of different opinions. So there's a lot of great channels, left, right, center, whatever. All of us, we rely on your word of mouth to share the content and get it out because we can't compete with Fox, MSNBC, or CNN. 
Please consider sharing this video if you do want to help and you think what I'm saying is important. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and let's read about Hillary Clinton. Fox News says, Hillary Clinton sick to my stomach over possible second Trump term. Clinton claimed Trump lives with the specter of illegitimacy over the 2016 election. It would not be a redux, a repeat of 2016 without Hillary Clinton to this day, nearly four years on, refusing to accept the results of her failures. They never gave up, did they? The Democrats, you lost. And elections have consequences. Former Secretary of State and Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton said the thought of President Trump winning re-election makes her literally sick to my stomach on a podcast released Monday. Quote, I can't entertain the idea of him winning. So let's just preface it by that, Clinton told journalist Kara Swisher while a guest on her podcast. Well, because it makes me literally sick to my stomach to think that we'd have four more years of this abuse and destruction of our institutions and damaging of our norms and our values and lessening of our leadership. And the list goes on. Well, you can certainly talk about lessening of norms because it's been the norm to have bloated government bureaucracy for a long time. But let me tell you this. I've always leaned fairly libertarian, but I'm kind of left libertarian. I, I like the idea of smaller sized government. I'm not a right libertarian or a conservative, but I agree with them in reducing the size of our government. So while I'm not going to be cracking open the champagne at the news that Trump wants to fire everybody, I can already see the libertarians off the in the distance waving their Gadsden flags, spraying champagne all over the place as Trump says he's going to fire lots of people. I'm kidding, by the way. I don't think every libertarian is like cheering Trump on. You've got Joe Jorgensen, you know, Libertarian Party. They're going to vote libertarian for sure. But uh, there are lots of libertarians that are happy about this. Swisher, whose podcast is part of the New York Times Opinion Network, asked if Clinton felt any fear that Trump would go after her uh, would go after her legally if he wins. Oh, (laughs) this is so amazing. I love it. Quote, there's no doubt that he would do everything he could could to attack and punish anyone who was, in his view, an adversary, Clinton said. And he would be aided and abetted, sadly, by both elected and appointed officials. I do not believe that if Donald Trump is reelected, he's going to go after Hillary Clinton. Your day has come and gone, ma'am. With respect, Hillary Clinton did serve this country, though I'm not a fan of what she did when she was serving it. I do give respect to people who, who, who served for the most part, for the most part. I will criticize them heavily. I do not think Hillary gets any. Uh, actually, no, no, I'm sorry. Hillary does get a special uh, Hillary gets a special place in my view of politicians in that her, along with several other people, I do not believe had our best intentions at heart. I believe she was enriching herself, her family. She wanted power. So I don't respect her service for the most part. There's some basic stuff. I mean, it's not all black and white, but I am no fan of Hillary. That's why I wouldn't vote for her. Quote. So, of course, one of the most important accomplishments that I hope we see in this election is a Democratic Senate where that would be the check that we would need against further abuse of power. Well, I got bad news. As of right now, it's looking pretty good for Republicans. Early voting data doesn't mean a whole lot, but Republicans have a higher voter turnout in Senate battleground states than national polling. So it's looking good for Republicans. Clinton said Trump lives the specter of illegitimacy of the 2016 election, which she lost. I don't think he has any boundaries at all, Kara, she said. I don't think he has any conscience. He's obviously not moral, a moral, truthful man. 
So he will do whatever he can to lift himself up. And remember, as I said, he lives with a specter of illegitimacy. He knows more about how he got really elected than we still do. (laughs) People are insane. Hopefully we'll learn more in the years ahead. How much you want to bet if Trump loses, all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, here's the evidence we couldn't find before. Bill Barr is not going after the Democrats. Trump's mad about it. Why? I think Bill Barr, he's got his problems. He certainly does. I've had I've heard some criticisms of him, um, you know, some historical context, but I don't want to get into. And I, I think there's reasons to criticize Bill Barr, but he's not going after, the, uh, you know, the Bidens or anything like that. Trump's mad about it. He's not going after Obama or anything or Comey. People think he should. But I'll tell you this. Bill Barr is not the hatchet man they claim he is. He is not simply going out and arresting people like Hillary Clinton says he would because he's not. Trump is not going to go after her. There's no evidence popping up claiming all of this stuff. But I'd be willing to bet they'll find it and they will try to crush Trump after the fact. Clinton has continuously criticized the president since he assumed office. She claimed Trump's first allegiance is not to the United States of America earlier in October. Trump hasn't forgotten about her either, mentioning her by name at a rally on Wednesday. Somebody said, sir, maybe this isn't good. President Obama's campaigning for sleepy Joe Biden. I said, that's good news or bad news. Tell me, are you saying it's good news or bad? Well, I guess it's bad. No, it's good. Trump said at the rally. There is nobody that campaigned harder for crooked Hillary Clinton than Obama. He was all over the place. Hillary Clinton makes an interesting point. Donald Trump, what did, what did you say? He's, he's uh, damped the abuse and destruction of our institutions. Is Donald Trump destroying our institutions? Depends on your definition of destroy. I would say dismantle is a fair word for it. Check this story out from Axios. Trump's post execution list by Jonathan Swan. You remember that guy, right? If President Trump wins re-election, he'll move to immediately fire FBI Director Christopher Wray and also expects to replace CIA Director Gina Haspel and Defense Secretary Mark Esper, two people who've discussed these official fates with the president, tell Axios the big picture. The list of planned replacements is much longer, but these are Trump's priorities, starting with Ray. All of a sudden, every Trump supporter started laughing and clapping and cheering, and now they're even more excited to go vote for him. People aren't fans of Christopher Ray. For one, he's not going after Antifa in any meaningful way, and people are upset about it. Also, he didn't go after the Bidens in any meaningful way. People don't want corrupt politicians to sell us out and get away with it. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thing to have the FBI going after people in politics or whatever. I will only say it as this. If someone breaks the law, that person gets held accountable, be it Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And if we do not have an effective justice apparatus, they are they are concerned. But what about the optics? What about stability? First comes justice. If you are scared to arrest a politician or political figure because it would look bad or be destabilizing, then we don't have justice, do we? So I tell you this, the principles come first, at least for me. I know there are probably many people saying it's probably better we let these criminals get away with it to preserve this great nation. I disagree. I believe that eroding our justice system and allowing criminals in government to get away with it guarantees that day the country has already died. We cannot allow these people to get away with breaking the law. And again, 
be it Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or anyone. I don't care if they're a conservative or otherwise. You want you, you want to claim, uh, make, make accusations about the Trump family and all that stuff? By all means. They were investigated for several years. They found nothing. Now we have evidence on the Bidens. Can we please take it seriously? Well, Trump's going to fire people. Ray and Aspel are despised and distrusted almost universally in Trump's inner circle. He would have fired both already, one official said, if not for the political headaches of acting before November 3rd. Why it matters. A win, no matter the margin, will embolden Trump to axe anyone he sees as constraining him from enacting desired policies or going after perceived enemies. Trump last week signed an executive order that set off alarm bells as a means to politicize the civil service. An administration official said the order is a really big deal that would make it easier for presidents to get ri- get get rid of career government officials. Uh, where can I stand and cheer for the president in doing this? I don't like career bureaucrats in government. Fu- you ever watch Futurama? They make jokes of it. The bureaucracy. Who likes who? Who's going to be like, oh, no, Trump's getting rid of bureaucrats. What do we do? Of course, there's framing involved. The other framing is Trump's trying to make it easier to get rid of anyone who doesn't espouse their loyalty to him. Oh, please. Trump's getting rid of career cronies, and I don't care. Now, look, like I said, I'm not going to cheer and gloat over someone losing their job, but government should not be a path towards a comfy career where you make tons of money. It should be service to this nation. And that means you're not going to be, you know, ultra wealthy. Now, there's a good argument that we need to be competitive. Government needs to be competitive, same as the private sector. Otherwise, all the good people go and make money in the private sector. And I got to be honest, that's true. Like, why would any wealthy person want to run for office? You know, what do we see with Joe Biden? He was working class Joe, and now he's millionaire Joe after office. Same thing with the with the Obamas. Donald Trump, for whatever reason, I guess, was bored or really wanted to help this country. I, look, he was rich. He didn't need to do it. A better example would be like Tucker Carlson. A lot of people have talked about whether or not he would run for office. And they're like, Tucker 2024. Why would Tucker leave a job where he's substant? He's way more influential and he's making millions of dollars. Eh, You know, I guess maybe once you have enough money, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe some of these people who are super wealthy might just be like, I got enough, I'm done. And then they go under public service. That could be a, a good reason. But anyway, I digress. Get rid of the cronies, whatever. There could be shakeups across other platforms. The president has never been impressed with Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, for example, but that doesn't carry the urgency of replacing Raider Haspel. The nature of top intelligence and law enforcement posts has traditionally carried an expectation for a higher degree of independence and separation from politics. Now, to be fair, I want to make sure I stress this. They're learning this from two people who discussed the officials' fates with the president. I don't know who that is, and I don't know if I should even trust any of these news organizations. For all I know, Donald Trump loves these people and he's going to keep them. However, as uh, uh, you could probably already understand, Trump is no fan of the intelligence agencies for obvious reasons. I just think it makes a lot of sense he's going to want to get rid of these people. They say, be smart. While Trump has also privately vented about Attorney General Bill Barr, he hasn't made any formal plans to replace him. And I don't think he will, to be honest. Trump is furious that Barr isn't releasing before the election what Trump hoped would be a bombshell report by John Durham on the Obama administration's handling of the Trump-Russia investigation. Durham's investigation has yet to produce any high-profile indictments of Obama-era officials as Trump had hoped. And what did I tell you all months ago 
It ain't going to happen. Do not put yourself in the Russiagate position where you get all these leftists screaming and hooting and hollering, saying Trump's going down. The walls are closing in. Oh, we're going to get him. And then nothing happens. I don't think anything. Look, we got one lawyer indicted for altering evidence, I believe. I don't think the Bidens or the Obamas or anybody close to them is really going down for this. But we'll see. Maybe if Trump gets reelected, I just just don't think so. Quote, the attorney general wants to finish the work that he's been involved in since day one. A senior administration official told Axios, quote, the view of Haspel in the West Wing is that she still sees her job as manipulating people and outcomes the way she must have when she was working assets in the field. One source with direct knowledge of the the internal conversation told Axios. It's bred a lot of suspicion of her motives. Trump is also increasingly frustrated with Haspel for opposing the declassification of documents that would help the Justice Department's Durham report. A source familiar with the conversation at the CIA says, since the beginning of the director of national uh, intelligence's push to declassify documents and how strongly she feels about protecting sources connected to those materials, there have been rumblings around the agency that the director plans to depart the CIA, 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 regardless of who wins the election. As for Ray, whose expected firing was first reported by the Daily Beast, Trump is angry. His second FBI chief didn't launch a formal investigation into Hunter Biden's foreign business connections and didn't purge more officials. Trump believes abused power to investigate his 2016 campaign's ties to Russia. Trump also grew incensed when Ray testified in September that the FBI has not seen widespread election fraud, including with mail-in ballots. A senior FBI official tells Axios, major law enforcement associations representing current and former FBI agents as well as police and sheriff's departments across the country, have consistently expressed their full support of Director Ray's leadership of the Bureau. Trump soured on Esper over the summer when the defense secretary rebuffed the idea of sending active duty military into the streets to deal with racial justice protests and distance himself from the clearing of Lafayette Square for a photo op at St. John's Church. I'm going to stop right there. First, you see what they're doing here is an important distinction. They're already acting as though Lafayette Square was cleared for a photo op. That is not the official reporting, but Axios is asserting it as though it's a fact. This is how historical record is created. What we understand about Lafayette Square protests, the official statement is that they were supposed to be cleared out regardless. And then shortly after being cleared out, Trump took a photo with the Bible in front of this church. It doesn't mean they were related. We don't know that for sure. Journalists haven't actually proved that connection. All we know is Bill Barr said, clear out the protests at this time. The protests got cleared out. Trump took some photographs. If you want to argue Trump had the protest cleared out for a photo op, something very, very different. But you see what Axios is already doing here. Trump indicated to Axios that he was that he really wasn't focused on firing Esper. One senior official cautioned that others who want the Pentagon job could be driving speculation to undercut Esper. But one source who discussed options with Trump told Axios he urged the president to wait until post-election to replace him. I'll also point out, if it's true that Esper stopped Trump from invoking the Insurrection Act, Esper did Trump a favor. Many conservatives pointed out that would have been a disaster. Although many conservatives were calling for it, the later action taken by the federal government was brilliant, deputizing Portland police. Well, there you go. Problem solved. Well, check it out. Hillary Clinton is trying to claim that most Republicans want to see Trump gone, but can't say it publicly. Is that a joke? Okay, maybe there is a really a great realignment happening because 
I don't know any Republicans who are screaming. I'm so I'm so upset that I voted for Trump in 2016. There's this viral video right now of like this 55 year old dude who apparently is dying and his daughter is like, we pressured him into voting for Biden. And he says it matters to my girl, so I'll do it. And we may lose him in a week or a month. That's a story I heard. But like if there's a person who's, you know, on their deathbed and their kids are begging him and they do, it's very different from some guy being like, I can't believe I voted for Trump. There are stories about, you know, Republicans who, who are unhappy with Trump, for sure. So maybe what's happening is there's walk away and there's a smaller portion of people who voted for Trump who don't like him. I got to say, I think the amount of people who voted for Trump and are now like leaving, you know, like going Democrat, probably microscopic. All I see is more and more people who didn't vote for Trump now wanting to vote for him. Does that mean Trump will win? I don't know. But uh, Hillary Clinton wouldn't be sick to her stomach unless there was a real possibility it was coming. So check this one out. We, 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 I did go over this in the, in the main story with Axios. Trump issues sweeping orders, stripping job protections from tens of thousands of federal employees. Now, what are the reasons for it? Trump wants to drain the swamp, right? But Trump recently lost an appointee. Trump appointee, resign, appointee resigns over the president's order removing job protections for many civil servants. We have a quote. The order which could affect tens of thousands or more career positions involved in making or carrying out policy, quote, is nothing more than a smokescreen for what is clearly an attempt to require the political loyalty of those who advise the president or failing that to enable their removal with little, if any, due process. Ronald Sanders wrote in his letter of resignation Sunday from the Federal Salary Council. I simply cannot be part of an administration that seeks to replace a political expertise with political obeisance. Career federal employees are legally and duty bound to be nonpartisan. They take an oath to preserve and protect our Constitution and the rule of law, not to be loyal to a particular president or administration, she wrote. Trump hasn't done anything yet other than remove these protections. He has not fired anybody, and maybe he will after re-election. And it'll be a lot of people, it would seem. But let me take you back in time. Let me bring you on a grand journey to October 29th, 2013. Obama's military coup purges 197 officers in five years. We saw this big story back in June 23rd, 2010. Obama relieves McChrystal over critical remarks, names Petraeus as replacement. Why? Because Stanley McChrystal made disparaging comments about uh, Barack Obama in Rolling Stone magazine. So uh, is Obama firing people who are not loyal to him? Well, how about Washington Post? And this story, what's the, what's the date on this one? This is from December 3rd, 2008. Obama gives political ambassadors their pink slips. The incoming Obama administration has notified all politically appointed ambassadors. They must vacate their posts as of January 20th, the day President-elect Barack Obama takes the oath of office. A State Department official said the clean slate will open up prime opportunities for the president elect to reward political supporters with posts in London, Paris, Tokyo and the like. The notice to diplomatic posts was issued this week. Political ambassadors sometimes are permitted to stay on briefly during a new administration. But the sweeping nature of the directive suggests that Obama has little interest in retaining any of Bush's ambassadorial appointees. Most ambassadors, of course, are foreign service officers, but often the posts involving the most important bilateral relations, such as with Great Britain, Japan and India, are desirable locales, such as the Bahamas, I'm sorry, or desirable locales, are given to close friends and well-heeled contributors of the president. What was that? 
Barack Obama purged 40. Uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't 44. He purged all political ambassadors. He gave them their notice before he was even sworn in as president. And they said in the Washington Post, opening up room to give his political supporters space. And Obama fired McChrystal over critical remarks. Was Obama purging those who weren't loyal to him? Yes. <laughs> and I'm not surprised. The funny thing about these complaints from Hillary Clinton and from these, you know, this guy Sanders who's quitting is that Trump has the authority to do what he's doing. It's not illegal. He's firing people. So what? Don't vote for the guy. He got voted in because he was going to do this. Pay attention. So Hillary Clinton is freaking out. I can't believe Trump is doing this. Well, she doesn't talk like that. Jim talks like this. Well, I can't believe Trump is doing it. I can. He campaigned on it. He screamed that he was going to drain the swamp. And now he's kind of dangling it in front of people. Four more years and the swamp is gone. You know what? D.C. is a mess. Political appointees, favors, crony, corrupt, garbage. Something needs to be done. I think the incumbents need to go. We need to bring in new people. I think a lot of these bureaucrats, career, you know, appointees, career, uh, 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 government workers, they need to go. We need to bring in fresh faces and fresh ideas and clean that system out. You can't just let it fester. Obama apparently got the, got the idea, though he didn't go as far as Donald Trump is planning on doing. But if you want to call it destruction of our institutions, what? Are you implying you hired tons of people who are loyalists and now Trump is getting rid of them? But they're loyal to the, to the Constitution. Sorry, I don't buy it. I've seen the videos from Project Veritas when they got all of these people, you know, worked in the government talking about how they didn't like Donald Trump. There are many, many people who are partisan. They view Trump as an other, not as a duly elected president. And Hillary Clinton still won't shut up about it, saying a specter of illegitimacy. The dude won. You lost. And he is doing everything he's legally allowed to do. If you don't like it, don't vote for him. It's that simple. Vote for Joe Biden. So that's what you can do. And they will. And I'll laugh when the progressives vote for Joe Biden to protect those bureaucrat jobs. Is that what you wanted? I guess they want to embolden the government. Sounds about right, I suppose. Well, Hillary Clinton can complain all she want. She's not running. She's not in government. Her time has come and gone. And so part of me didn't want to do this segment talking about her because she's not particularly relevant. And only by doing videos like this do I give her any legitimacy herself. But I wanted to highlight this fear the establishment has. They're terrified that Donald Trump is going to get rid of the cronies who are populating inside, who are populated inside of government. Trump is legally allowed to do what he's doing. If it was illegal, we can complain about it. It's not. And if he fires these people, so what? We'll hire more. We'll fix the system. I'm sorry if some good people lose their jobs. I don't like that either. But the government is supposed to serve the people, not build careers off of the people. I guess we'll only know for sure if Donald Trump gets reelected. But I tell you this, I think it's a coming. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. We are eight days from the election. One week, okay? One week. And Joe Biden accidentally said he was running against George. George. So, of course, 
Donald Trump is roasting the man. But this segment isn't just about one simple gaffe made by Joe Biden. It's about the unprecedented nature of this election and questions around whether or not the Democrats are actually even running. I think the Democrats aren't. It's the media versus Donald Trump. Many people have said it, but that's exactly it. Trump mocks sleepy Joe Biden for forgetting who is president and saying we need to stop four more years of George, then accuses the fake news cartel of trying to cover the story up. Yes, Joe Biden has almost no people at his rallies. Kamala Harris can't get anybody. Even Barack Obama barely got anybody to show up to his rally where he's desperately trying to get Joe Biden to win. But you know what is the worst thing? It's the unprecedented nature of this election cycle with Joe Biden sleeping, hiding in the basement, whatever you want to call it. With one week to go, Donald Trump is doing rally after rally after rally. And where is Joe Biden? I have no idea. He's called a lid again. He's no he's not doing press. He's not doing events. He's doing some virtual events and nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. There was one viral periscope, I guess. I don't know how, how, how accurate this is. Like 550 people watching a Joe Biden virtual event on Periscope, like 500 people. Trump gets more than that in person during a pandemic. And I'm supposed to believe Trump's going to lose. And he might, I guess. I have no idea. Well, I tell you what's really fascinating about all this is Pierce Morgan. Pierce Morgan, not a particularly conservative guy, kind of middle of the road, I suppose. An extraordinary phone call I received from a fired up Trump this weekend should be a warning to Democrats. This election ain't over yet, especially when sleepy Joe Biden can't even remember who he's running against. George, four more years of George, he says. Well, here's the first story. What's going on with Joe Biden thinking he's running against George? Donald Trump has mocked sleepy Joe Biden for forgetting who was president after the former vice president said we need to stop four more years of George. Joe Biden called me yesterday couldn't remember my name, got some help from the anchor to get him through the interview. The fake news cartel is working overtime to cover it up. Actually, it was kind of sad because Jill Biden was like speaking under her breath. Trump, Trump, as Joe Biden got the name wrong. The 77 year old appeared to receive a prompt from his wife who was sitting beside him. Many speculated that Biden was thinking of George W. Bush, president from 2001 to 09. A dec- so what, is, what year does it, did he think it was 16 years ago? Man, Joe, they say that he stutters. C- come on, man. To quote Joe Biden, come on. The blunder will once again raise questions about the 77-year-old's mental capacity, a topic President Donald Trump has repeatedly referenced in the run-up to the election. Joe Biden called me George- <laughs> Trump. Joe Biden called me George yesterday. Couldn't remember my name. Got some help from the anchor. You got to be kidding me with this. Watch his wife saying Trump under her breath three times. Having been charged with the care of a relative with dementia, I recognize the actions of Jill saying the words he can't find, moving him to the place he's supposed to stand, guiding his steps when he's unsure of his destination. You don't have to watch him. Watch her. I'm sorry, man. This is sad. It really it, it, it really is sad. I'm not I'm not I'm not happy about this. I don't want to make fun of Joe or you know, it's 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 not fun to watch this guy struggle as he does when he goes off on these tangents where the numbers don't make sense. And he's just a rambling, you know, sad old man. It's like watching grandpa go off and, uh, you know, 50 billion. And that's who we're supposed to elect for president. Where's Joe? 
with nine days to go, Trump jet setting Biden in his basement. Do you think that Sleepy Joe would be doing these things? Trump says as a, at a campaign rally from just the news. This is the bigger story. Look, I get it. We can we can make we oh, you know, Joe Biden said, George, here's the bigger story. As far as I know, it is unprecedented what Joe Biden has been doing. And I'm wondering if these viral memes are real. There are these images. There are these different text posts where people are like, I am a, you know, working for the Biden campaign and we know it's over. And a lot of people are trying to act like these are real. And I don't believe it. It's propaganda. You've got people saying that they work for the Biden campaign and that they're, they're actually all convinced Joe's going to lose. I don't buy it. But I'll tell you what else I don't buy. I just don't believe Joe Biden is really running. I said this early on in the primary that I don't think Joe Biden's actually campaigning. Then Joe Biden started to win and I was like, okay, okay, he is campaigning, I guess. And now this. And now I don't think so. To be fair, the strategy from Democrats seems to be a referendum on Trump. Do people like Trump more or hate him? I don't know. Or it could just be that they know they're going to lose. So they're using Joe Biden now. Like, I wonder about the past candidates I've seen in my life, like Al Gore, John Kerry, Mitt Romney, and they're B-tier candidates. Like, they clearly don't have it to be president. Joe Biden is one of these guys. Now, be honest, nobody thought Donald Trump was going to win either. And then he won, and it was hilarious. But I'll tell you this. Donald Trump is running against the media, okay? Joe Biden may lose, but the media might win. That's the important thing. So why isn't Joe Biden doing anything? It is the media versus Trump. That's why Joe Biden gets away with hiding in his basement and not campaigning. The media is doing it for him. The Wall Street Journal just put out an editorial board opinion piece saying that the media is basically covering up the Joe Biden allegations. Why? Because the media is running against Trump. Saw a tweet from Ben Smith earlier. He's with the New York Times. He does a pretty good job. And he said something, he responded to the story saying that the opinion pages, you know, use the, 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 the hard work of the news page or whatever. My question in response was, how is it that 30 year old allegations about Brett Kavanaugh from some woman who couldn't remember anything warranted digging up his calendar from high school and questioning what certain phrases meant? And why is it that we went through his high school yearbook and looked at signatures all for 30 year old allegations that were never verified, never corroborated? That was enough for a massive investigation and hounding of this man. Mass protests. We now have a former business partner of the of Joe Biden's son accusing him of using his influence as vice president to make money, having it go through his son as intermediary. Nothing. Well, Joe Biden is doing nothing. Here's what President Trump did on Saturday. He rose early in West Palm Beach, Florida, took a motorcade to a polling site to cast his early voting ballot, jetted to Fayetteville, North Carolina for a campaign rally jumped over to Columbus, Ohio for another packed rally, zipped off to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for a third Make America Great rally, then headed home, arriving at the White House in the wee hours of Sunday morning. Meanwhile, with nine days to go before Election Day, Joe Biden held two sparsely attended drive-in rallies in Pennsylvania, knocking off in mid-afternoon. On Sunday, Trump rolled out at 1030 a.m., flying aboard Air Force One to New Hampshire for a crowded rally, then headed up to Maine, where he hopes to win a couple of Electoral College votes. Maine, that's, you know, wow. Biden, though, stayed in his basement. Quote, Joe Biden's campaign called a lid at 11.27 a.m., just nine days before the election. This is from Bloomberg. A lid means the candidate will have no more public events journalists can cover. In the last week, Pager, uh, Pager continued, 
He has only held three campaign events outside of participating in the debate. He was in Durham, North Carolina last Sunday and made two stops in Pennsylvania yesterday. Ironically, a couple hours before the lid, Biden wrote on Twitter, nine days, let's go. Trump's campaign manager, Tim Murtaugh, saw the irony. Biden called a lid before noon, but but let's go. Sure, he wrote on Twitter. Trump on Sunday ripped the former vice president for his light schedule. This guy has more lids. I don't know. There's something going on. Somebody said it's strategy. It's not because really strategy would be coming out, Trump said in, in New Hampshire. No, no, no. Trump is wrong. Strategy would be coming out if it actually was Joe Biden running for president. Like Kamala Harris isn't doing anything either. What's going on is the media is doing everything in its power to defend Joe Biden and smear Trump to create this nostalgia of a time long since past that we can regain again. Sound familiar? Yeah, make America great again. Donald Trump signaling to the Ronald Reagan era. I believe Reagan's was let's make America great again. Donald Trump says MAGA. Very similar. The Democrats are trying to invoke this feeling you got back when Obama was president, I guess. But I'm not convinced it's going to work. To be fair, though, COVID this year has upended everyone's life. And it seems like at the very last minute, very convenient, the Democratic governors locked everything down. Republicans didn't. I wonder why the Democrats destroyed their economies and still were unable to stop the spread of COVID. And now we've got the World Health Organization and the UN saying not to lock things down. They're still doing it. Meanwhile, flying in the face of all the advice, Sweden has never locked down and everything there is fine, according to my friends in Sweden and the news, to put it mildly. So it stands to reason the lockdowns were a mistake, but were politically advantageous. There was a good excuse the Democrats had to destroy everything. And I'll tell you what, I can't remember who said this, but they said if they release like damning information on, say, Joe Biden or Trump in March or something happened in March, that's that's a millennia in election in, in, in election years. What that means is you don't want to release a story too soon. You want to use your most impactful smear against somebody at the very last minute. Now, the Democrats have been pushing mail in voting and early voting like crazy to spread out the vote. They are desperately trying to control the message. So Joe Biden hides. Guess what? If Joe Biden is hiding and the media is speaking for him and they are and Twitter is, he doesn't got to do anything. He does not have to do a thing. And then any smear Trump might have will fall flat because there's no one to campaign against. But Trump is exposing himself. Look at all the events that Trump is doing. He's doing what, like five rallies a day or some ridiculous number. He talks for several hours per day. The man is working like a machine. But each and every event he does is exposure. And then what do we get on Twitter? What's happening? Joe Biden is right. Trump is wrong. Orange man bad every day. Well, I'll tell you what, as an American, I get angry by that kind of stuff. You want to smack me in the face and manipulate me? I will do the opposite. I can see what you're trying to make me do. To be fair, Perhaps there is some ridiculously circuitous plan to manipulate us by thinking that we're they're trying to manipulate us to vote for Biden to actually make us vote against Biden. But I believe Occam's razor is a simple solution. Anyway, let's read more. Quote, do you think that Sleepy Joe would be doing these things? I don't think so. Trump said he'll go back to bed. Hillary Clinton used to spend a lot of time in bed, too, but she had more energy than him. She did. Trump said Biden is trying to avoid questions about his son, Hunter, involving alleged lucrative foreign deals. And this is true. I believe this is true. I believe it. We just got a major leak 
of really awful videos about Joe, uh, about Hunter Biden. And it kind of confirms these laptops probably are Hunter's information. And we got a guy who came out that I worked the guy. I know Joe was doing this. This is bad for Joe. Really bad strategy. Hide. Call Trump a liar and hide. Call him a liar over and over and over again. And then don't put Joe in the position where I talk about it because Joe struggles to talk about it. Trump said, uh, quote, I would say the primary reason he's put a lid on again is because he can't answer the questions. He said, no, he can't answer the questions. The stakes are high, but Biden seems to be following in the footsteps of Hillary Clinton, who got thumped by Trump in 2016. Clinton all but ignored two key states, Wisconsin and Michigan, and Trump won both. Like Biden of late, she chose to focus on Pennsylvania, which casts 20 electoral college votes tied for fifth. Most of all in the U.S., she lost that, too. Now, as I sit here, the media, mainstream media wants me to believe 538. They want me to believe that Joe Biden's going to win in Pennsylvania after saying at the debate he would transition off of fossil fuels. And even the moderator going, why would you do that? Like the way she said it sounded like a facepalm. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you say this? That's what it felt like. Pennsylvania, such an important state, but there is a massive wave. Uh, uh, there's a massive uh, uh, um, industry of shale, natural gas and fossil fuels and many good union union jobs. I've looked at some of these these Pennsylvania cities, man, and I see them dying out. There are old railroads that used to bring jobs. And they've gone away. And now you've got these small towns that are just losing people who are leaving to try and find work. These people feel the pain. These people are not doing well. They, they, their, their businesses are closing. Their stores are shutting down. They're losing their homes. Trump is trying to bring back manufacturing jobs to many of these places, and he's not, it's not perfect. But can you imagine how devastating it would be if they shut down fossil fuels or t- took away subsidies? It, it would devastate a lot of these jobs. To be, to be honest, I'm in favor of some kind of movement towards renewables, but a lot of people overestimate the value of solar. I saw the other day on Reddit, the number one post said solar is now the cheapest, you know, source of energy in the world. And I was like, wow, is that true? Did we finally hit a point where the solar energy return on investment surpasses that of like nuclear power? Because that would be nuts. And sure enough, the article actually said, thanks to financial planning and subsidies, solar is now cheap. Ah, there's something called an energy return on energy invested. This means how much oil do we have to use to make the solar panels? Something people need to consider. So I recently tweeted something about should we have, uh, you know, solar on every rooftop and decentralize the grid? I think it would be strategic, but people pointed out it would consume way too much energy to actually do that than it would to just use the oil and and, and coal for traditional electricity, you know, our, our standard system. And it's a bummer. It is. But, you know, I realize solar is just more of a luxury. It takes more energy to produce for the time being than than you're going to get in the short term. In the long term, you might get a little bit more out of it. But ultimately, it's not valuable to do in these large scale projects. But the left wants to get rid of fossil fuels. And it feels strange to me because we're energy independent and we're competing with the likes of other countries. So I'll put it this way. Joe Biden was asked, what he thinks is a biggest you know, threat to the United States in terms of foreign adversaries. He said Russia, but China is a competitor. Okay, 
if we're competing against China and Russia, should we hobble ourselves in terms of economic growth by no by, by removing energy independence? Seems like a really bad idea. If you think we are under threat from foreign adversaries, then just like they do, we are going to be racing towards the most energy output possible, which probably would be nuclear energy. But the left opposes that, too. OK, great. Look, I, I know we're talking about Joe, but let me let me let me let me throw it to Piers Morgan. He says, this is he wrote this. President Trump called me for a chat on, on Saturday. It was our first conversation since he unfollowed me on Twitter in April after I wrote a mail column telling him to shut the F up, Mr. President, because he suggested people should be injected with bleach to cure coronavirus. He didn't. I guess you could say suggested. Trump asked about potentially using disinfectant in the lungs or, you know, in, through an injection of some sort. And there there are some arguments for something like that, but I kind of roll my eyes like Trump was just throwing out some random questions. He should have kept his mouth shut. Trump just blurts things out and they use it against him. So I agree with Pierce. Trump needs to shut up. He does. And that's Joe's strategy. Hide in the basement. Well, we don't want that from Trump. We want Trump to rally, but Trump needs to chill. Anyway, he says, since then, I have relentlessly hammered him for his woeful handling of the pandemic. So when the White House switchboard rang to say, Mr. Morgan, we have the president for you. I was bracing myself for some full bore Trump bombast of the loser and idiot type he unleashes on anyone who dares criticize him. But instead, we ended up having a cordial free rolling 25 minute exchange, which gave me a fascinating insight into the mindset of the world's most powerful man as he heads into the biggest week of his life. And one thing's absolutely clear. Trump genuinely believes he's going to get reelected. This is not a belief supported by any polls right now. But then, as he pointed out, the polls were were all wrong last time. They were wrong into the lead up of the election, and they were a few points off by the time the election had taken place. But all the betting odds, all the forecasts, everything was completely broken. A week ago, I'd have said Trump was definitely heading for a shellacking in the next in next Tuesday's election. His chaotic conduct during his campaign, epitomized by the ludicrous way he behaved after catching the coronavirus himself, epitomized a disastrous year in which his worst character traits of BSing empathy devoid narcissism fueled catastrophically bad leadership over the coronavirus corona crisis and mass protests over George Floyd's death. But then came last Thursday's second and final debate in which Trump managed to keep his temper and show a calmer, more measured and focused style that many of his supporters had been begging him to show for months. By doing by doing so, he scored some powerful hits against his Democrat opponent, Joe Biden, forcing him to admit He'd finished the oil industry, something Trump told me he thinks was a massive mistake, given the industry employs 10 million people, many in crucial swing states, and to chuck Barack Obama under the bus over his failure to tackle immigration issues fast enough. Can you believe he did that, snorted Trump? Obama can't be happy. And it earned him the best post-debate plaudits he'd ever had in his political career, with even some of his toughest critics conceding he'd been more presidential. People seem to like me uh, like that me better. He mused on the phone. I'm one of them. I replied it was far more effective than the raging bull in the first debate. Trump chuckled. Yeah, but some people like the other me, too. That's true. They do. I'm going to stop right there and say this. The people who like the raging bull Trump will vote for Trump no matter what. The people who like the calmer, more rational Trump won't. So Trump is wise to be calm and rational and reasonable in his approach. Joe Biden I believe he is hiding because his gaffes, he can't answer the questions. And they know that if Joe Biden speaks, he will produce more negative attention than positive. 
Think about what that means for him if he becomes president. I am not looking forward to that. A Joe Biden president who has to come out and speak to people and has these gaffes. Could you imagine saying George, he's on like a meeting with Iran and he's talking about, you know, cutting deals and he says Putin instead of like, you know, Trudeau or something. And then they're like, what's he talking about now? Joe Biden can hide now because the media is covering for him. But when Joe Biden needs to sit across the table from the Ayatollah, from Vladimir Putin, from Kim Jong-un, from Maduro, what do you think's going to happen? He's going to fall asleep. He's going to call a lid. I'm calling a lid on these important negotiations. Can we expect it? Listen, there's a lot of reasons not to like Trump. There's a lot, a lot, a lot. And you know, to be completely honest, I'm not a big fan of the overarching, expansive federal authority system that we keep seeing. The federal government retains more and more power. People care less and less about local elections. And I'm not a fan. And it's one of the reasons I don't care to vote. Uh, or I didn't, at least in the past. But I'll tell you what really freaks me out is critical race theory. There's always some issue, isn't it? And now I find myself in a position that my my parents and my grandparents and everyone else before me came to. When you were younger, you didn't really care. You don't want to get involved in this in, in these kinds of conflicts. And it makes sense. When I was in my 20s, did I care about what the boomers and the Gen Xers were arguing about for the most part? Not really. My 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 cultural upbringing was very different. Now I'm in my mid thirties and the other people in my age group are taking control. You know, other people are taking power. They're getting elected into office. You get people like Ocasio-Cortez and these people are nuts. And now I can see, while I didn't necessarily necessarily care about what the boomers were doing when I was young, now we are the ones leading the pack. We are the ones in charge. And I'm watching these people strip away the rights that we earned. That's the critical race theory, theory stuff that freaks me out. We're seeing Joe Biden. The candidate of he's 77. And I'll be honest, Trump's 74. I'm not happy with either of this. Where are the young people? This one, look, Tulsi Gabbard Young, major in the National Guard, and she wanted to end the wars. I was happy with it. Donald Trump, 74, old businessman, reality TV bombast with a loud mouth. I roll my eyes and I take the peace deals. Those are huge. I take the the, the, the Middle Eastern withdrawal and the banning of critical race theory. These are things that I think are really important to me. So I've decided Trump's not that bad. And there are things worth voting for. But I tell you, I am worried about what happens if Joe Biden gets in because the Obama years were bad. But think about how bad they were in terms of foreign policy. And Trump is not perfect either. His first couple of years were really bad as well. He's only recently improved. But I'm thinking this. It was bad enough. Barack Obama sending in the drones, getting us entangled in Libya and Syria and Yemen. And now you're going to put in sleepy Joe Biden to, to pick that up and fall asleep. Oh, could you imagine? I'm not interested. But I'll tell you what, the only thing I can really point out that's newsworthy, because we all have had these conversations, where is Joe Biden? Unprecedented hiding with a week before the election. And we're supposed to think he's going to win? I guess we'll see. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Yesterday in New York City, Trump supporters put on a rally where they drove around, waved Trump flags, and the event was billed Jews for Trump. Maybe it has something to do with what we've been seeing with the Orthodox community protesting against the draconian lockdowns and targeted lockdowns from the governor and the mayor. For those that aren't familiar, the Orthodox community has been targeted pretty heavily by the local government saying they were the hotspot. They're the ones causing the COVID outbreak. However, many have noted that there are several hotspots in the city 
And for some reason, it's the Jewish people who are being targeted. But of course, at this rally, far left extremists attacked these individuals, pepper spraying them. There were arrests. Local coverage shows much of what you'd expect. The police coming in, arresting anti-fascists, things like that. Now, this story in and of itself, I don't think is the most groundbreaking news of the earth shattering story. It's just another example of what happens when conservatives go out minding their own business, speaking their mind, and the left shows up and attacks them. It's part of a pattern. I want to mention something I find really interesting here, though. It's it's strange to me to, to see conservatives going out and protesting, rallying. It's not something they typically do. I think this is a sign that many liberals have switched sides and are now influencing conservatives to go out and rally. Because I've talked to a lot of Trump supporters and they always say, oh, no, 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 I'm not the kind of person to do that. But now people are actually going out and doing it. Of course, there are diehard Trump supporters who want to go out and do it. But I think we're seeing much more organizing from former liberals. Uh, Case in point, Brandon Strzok, who's leading massive walkaway rallies around the country, people marching through the streets, even in Beverly Hills. And he's a former liberal, so he knows how to organize. And he is. Well, you have this story from Fox News about a family describing being attacked that I want to read for you. But the bigger picture that I want to get into is I've now heard from several people that the appropriate response to this is to vote for Joe Biden. And my only response is, what? Why would I vote for Joe Biden when these people are physically attacking those who want to vote for Trump? I'm not going to show them that their tactics work. In fact, I will show them their tactics don't work. And it's because of the illiberal behavior and the violence that these people deserve to lose. Joe Biden could easily come out and say no to Antifa, no to the far left and the Black Lives Matter extremists, but he's not doing it. Let me read you the story to give you the news on what happened in New York. And then I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. The Atlantic has a new article up saying that, you know, all these liberals voting for Trump doesn't name me, but he names certain individuals who are liberals voting for Trump. But I take personal issue with the argument that I want to present. Fox News says a family of seven, including four kids, were pepper sprayed by violent rioters on Sunday while participating in a Jews for Trump rally in New York City. A spokesperson for the New York Police Department said 11 people were taken into custody after the rally descended into chaos and violence Sunday afternoon. Six people were charged with disorderly conduct, obstruction of government administration and harassment, while a seventh person was charged with assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. The NYPD said Monday, a convoy of hundreds of cars draped with American flags and Trump 2020 banners rolled slowly through Manhattan and Brooklyn on Sunday afternoon. The caravan traveled from Coney Island to the Trump Tower in Manhattan before heading to a rally in a Brooklyn park. At some point, skirmishes broke out between supporters and opponents of the president. A member of the family that was pepper sprayed told Fox News that the unprovoked attack happened while the family was driving down Fifth Avenue and the car windows were down and Trump flags displayed. The man who wished to remain anonymous, fearing his family could be targeted, said a car pulled up next to them and unleashed pepper spray into their vehicle. Immediately, the kids started crying and screaming. And I jumped out of the car after I was peppered, uh, pepper sprayed as well. The man said the the man said the attacker chased him down uh, the avenue, trying to pepper spray him again. His mother flagged in an officer and the suspect was arrested. Wow. It was a woman. (laughs) Is it some some woman who did this? The man told Fox News that the kids are now left traumatized and still coughing from the residue. The encounter was one of many violent confrontations between the rally's participants and protesters. 
I'm going to stop you right there, Fox. Come on. I know Fox is trying to be better than many of these outlets, but come on. Let me let me let me rephrase this. This encounter was one of many violent attacks from far leftists on innocent Trump supporters expressing their First Amendment rights. The Jewish Telegraph Agency reported that a convoy was to take place in several Orthodox Jewish communities ahead of a planned event in Brooklyn's Marine Park. The event was organized by Boris Epstein, an advisor to the Trump campaign and co-chair of Jewish Jewish Voices for Trump. I just want to remind everybody, you're allowed to get in your car. You're allowed to wave a flag. You're allowed to drive it. You are not allowed to pepper spray children because you don't like their politics. Multiple disturbing video clips of the convoy posted on NY Scanner show crowds not taking too kindly to rows of vehicles with hoisted uh, Trump flags. In one video, a man can be seen appearing to throw eggs at the convoy in Brooklyn. I believe they filmed themselves throwing the eggs. In another video, pedestrians can be seen appearing to throw rocks at vehicles displaying a Trump flag. This is incredible. This is this is nuts. The hostility lingered throughout the day. In multiple clips, people can be heard yelling expletives at the Jews for Trump participants. One man on a bike appears so incensed that the pro-Trump vehicles have congested traffic on the on, on the Brooklyn uh, Highway that it resorts to punching a window. In Manhattan, a woman was arrested for allegedly using pepper spray on the convoy, according to police. Later, a scuffle broke out between the pro and anti-Trump crowd in the middle of the street. Masked protesters could be seen in one clip converging on a vehicle doused in red paint as YMCA is blasting in the background. I guess that's the song of the election for now. Go home. We don't want you here. Somebody in the crowd shouts, go back to Long Island. I love that. You know, it's funny. These people don't realize these Trump supporters probably live in New York. All right. I was putting on an event in the Philadelphia area a few miles from where I lived walking distance. I mean, you don't you don't want to walk there, but you could totally walk there because it was only a few miles. Out of town, Antifa organized and threatened to burn down the theater, claiming we don't want this person coming to our town. They came to my town with my event. This is what they do. These people are lunatics. Another video posted on Twitter shows a pro-Trump caravan led by former NYC Mayor Rudy Giuliani being pelted with eggs. In the clip, Giuliani can be seen rolling down the window from the passenger side of a vehicle. He briefly speaks to a police sergeant before the car drives away. Protesters can be heard shouting expletives at the former mayor. Several police officers can be seen struggling to separate the opposing sides before slapping handcuffs on a bicyclist. A scuffle between the opposing the opposing. Uh, I'm going to stop right there. OK, like uh, we'll read through more. But here's the point I want to make. They keep telling me that it's Antifa. It's the woke. It's the it's the social justice, the critical race theory. These are the people that you are you oppose and not Joe Biden. They tell me. OK, so there was an article written saying, don't vote for Trump if you oppose this because it makes things worse or, you know, uh, the Antifa will be emboldened, whatever. My response to one of these articles was, I do not believe voting for their candidate supports them to that uh, uh, or would stop them. And then the response I got was, I wouldn't vote for Antifa either, as if saying a vote for Joe Biden is not a vote for Antifa. These are regular people on bikes with eggs. These are not organized Antifa waving flags. These are New Yorkers who are insane and they need to be told to shut up and sit down. You do not have the right to physically attack people, let alone children with rocks, eggs and pepper spray. So no, I am not going to vote for their candidate. I'm going to vote for the guy who's promised to put an end to it because I do not negotiate with terrorists. 
Listen, maybe a little strong in the terrorist thing, but let me tell you, if you're going to physically attack kids to demand your way in politics, I will do everything to oppose you. Everything. Throwing rocks at cars could kill people. They say police later declared uh, the gathering an unlawful assembly. One of the people arrested on Sunday, a 36-year-old homeless man identified as Devin Harris, is accused of throwing eggs in two police officers' faces and then resisting arrest. This is not just Antifa. Chief Terrence Monaghan said later Sunday, the NYPD detectives are investigating the rock-throwing incident. I bring you now to a tweet from Yasha Monk. He writes for The Atlantic. He's the founder of Join Persuasion, associate professor at SAIS Hopkins, contributing editor to The Atlantic and uh, advisor at Protect Democracy. Here's what he said. Illiberalism on the left is a real problem, but voting for Donald Trump to stem the rising tide of illiberalism would be a huge moral and strategic mistake. Thread. Yes, some Democrats are too reluctant to oppose left wing political violence and call out Antifa. And yes, some on the left are too willing to support censorship in social media advocate for employees to be fired from for conservative views and to cheer on attacks on free speech. But but let me let me let me stop real quick. The violence I just showed you was not from Antifa. It was lunatic leftists, run of the mill people who hate Trump, who are getting violent and need to be arrested. Yacha says one, Trump presents a serious danger to constitutional values. His bark is much, much louder than his bite, but his actual actions in office have also been utterly unacceptable. Any voter genuinely concerned about the rise of illiberal forces must wish to remove him from office. No, you see what he's doing now is conflating violence with illiberalism. Yes, Trump has problems. Yes, Trump has barked some pretty crazy things. He, you know, Trump says he wants uh, if you burn the American flag, you go to jail. I think that's wrong. I think we have a right to express ourselves so long as it's burned properly, safely in, in, in proper controlled spaces. So you don't burn other people. And so long as you own the flag, by all means, burn it. The problem in this country is you can't do similar things to some symbols that you can to others. We are losing free speech. Now, Donald Trump is not helping when he says this. I don't want less. I want more. However, Donald Trump has has moved to ban critical race theory. And now we're hearing that these diversity, equity, inclusion things are being banned at various government agencies and the companies that contract with them because Trump issued another executive order saying we will not contract with companies that have these programs nuked. That's the insane critical race theory stuff that's bringing about neo segregation. That's what we're seeing in Seattle. I do not want that to exist. I will not vote for Joe Biden, who encourages it, who was part of the Obama administration that helped bring it to fruition. Sorry, that's just me. He goes on to say, parts of the left focus so tightly on America's flaws that they're blind to its strengths. And they believe the right poses such grave danger that even violent resistance is justifiable. Yes, right. Pepper spraying children, they think. Trump does more than anyone else to lend apparent credibility to both of these fallacies. Excuse me? What did Trump do to justify pepper spraying kids? I'll wait. Nothing. Donald Trump can say stupid things, but Middle Eastern peace deals, withdrawing our troops, criminal justice reform. Is this a joke? He says if Trump wins re-election, even more people will conclude that deep injustice not only shaped, shaped the America's past, but still defines its essence. If a clear majority of Americans turn on Trump, those of us who believe in America's perfectibility can more easily win the argument. This is just a this is just a terrible, terrible argument, mind you. 
He says, Trump instills fear, real fear in many Americans. This does not justify Antifa's violence, but it does help explain why so many hesitate to criticize extremists pretending to fight for our noble cause. A Biden victory would make it easier, not harder to push back against extremists. No, it wouldn't, because Joe Biden would embolden their ideology and has already pandered to it. He would pull back the police and side with the district attorneys that are allowing the rioters to persist. Case in point, the people who are getting violent are in New York City, run by Democrats. I do not believe you solve the problem by saying, let them keep doing it. Now, look, it's an argument, sure, but he's wrong. He's absolutely wrong. Trump isn't the one causing these problems. Now, Trump has problems and Trump does fan the flames in many circumstances. He does. He didn't create the fire, though. He's not. Listen, the media is what's causing all of this. The media is the one telling you the end is nigh. And these people are going insane because of the media, not Donald Trump. And the media has been doing this gradually for a long time. He says, there really are illiberal tendencies on the left. We all should do more to fight them. But voting for Trump to stem the rising tide of illiberalism is about as pure an example of cutting off your nose to spite your face as political life can afford. Vote Joe Biden end. He says, please share the article, please vote and please stand up for philosophically liberal values, not just once every four years, but every day. Hey, that's a good idea. If only the actual left stood up for liberal values, which they don't. You see, the left is no longer liberal, and that includes Joe Biden. I mean, not like Joe Biden ever really was truly a liberal. I don't know what you'd call him, but he's certainly far from liberal. Maybe he just wants to adopt the liberal name, but he's not. The left is illiberal. The entirety of the left, regular people who oppose Trump throwing things at cars are not just Antifa. So here we have his article from The Atlantic. Trump is the best candidate for the illiberal left. If you hate wokeness, you should vote for Joe Biden. He mentions he said, oh, let me read you the first paragraph. A number of influential commentators who firmly opposed Donald Trump in 2016 recently announced their intention to vote for him in 2020. Nearly all of them, including James Lindsay, Danielle Pletka and Ben Shapiro, blamed illiberalism on the left. As Shapiro said on his popular show, he's planning to vote for Trump because Democrats have lost their effing minds. It is not just about illiberalism. It is well beyond illiberalism. It is the cult of intersectionality. It is racial, uh, neo-racial segregation. But he mentions James Lindsay. James Lindsay talks about critical race theory. And here's sexy James Lindsay, binary math mind. That's his Twitter name. Take it up with him. Here's his response. Yasha Monk, who said if Trump wins re-election, even more people will conclude there is that deep injustice not only shaped America, but uh, uh, America's past, but still defines its essence. James said, this relies upon the central premise of critical race theory applied to Trump. It doesn't reject it for the cynical error or lie that it is. That premise is that Trump's election was a meaningful signal that Americans are secretly racist and white supremacist and want to be. It's not true. The real problem is the media and the cult of intersectionality. These lunatics who think Donald Trump is, 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 is a Klan member or something, and he's not. He's actually fairly progressive on social issues. The first president to support gay marriage before becoming president. Donald Trump moved left on many issues socially that allowed liberals to vote for him. Check out Jack Murphy's book, Democrat to Deplorable. Jack Murphy straight up said he's glad that Republicans have finally that Donald Trump came out in favor of gay marriage because it was one of the issues that allowed him to actually vote for the man. 
Because there are many people who have libertarian values like, hey, man, you know, let people do their thing and have equal rights and love each other, who, who would prefer sound financial policy, sound immigration policy, nonviolence, etc. Instead, what's happened is what I think we're actually seeing with Trump is liberals, conservatives, moderates, people who pay attention to the news, who believe in freedom of the individual, but also love this country are slowly banding together. Now, there are resistance Democrat types that might fall into some of those categories in some capacity, but they're not paying attention, which is why you see so many people say that in 2016, they hated Trump and then they watched the news and now they're for Trump. There's a viral tweet right now of a woman who's got two tweets side by side in 2016. She said, I want Trump to be destroyed. I, I, I want his business and his name ruined. And then in 2020, she said, I'll crawl over broken glass to vote for Donald Trump. People are sharing that tweet around. I don't know this individual is. It's just an example. But I can tell you this. There's someone I know and met at a Black Lives Matter protest who what this was. This was, I think, 2014 posting nonstop about Black Lives Matter. Donald Trump won and she was posting a bunch of anti-Trump stuff. And then just recently, I noticed she started posting a bunch of pro-Trump stuff. And so I DM'd her and I'm like, what do you what is this? Like you were like we met at a Black Lives Matter protest. And now you're you, like, you, you hated Trump. Now you're for him. And she went on to explain that Trump is doing a lot of things. She started paying attention. Almost every single story I hear about walk away is someone who said they started paying attention and researching for themselves. And they realized the media was lying and the media is lying now. This article from Yasha Monk, in my opinion, is an attempt to convince people like you or I, who may be moderate right moderate left, centrist or whatever, that the real choice is Joe Biden. And here's why. It's not true. Joe Biden is negotiating with them. Perhaps if Joe Biden wins, the violence may simmer down a little bit, probably not completely, but a little bit. You know why? Because his solution is to negotiate with them and give them what they want. They have talked about it. They're talking about it now. Just the other day, just just the other day, I did a segment on Jacobin magazine getting censored on Facebook. The segment they had posted was a video talked about whether or not uh, Bernie could shift the Biden or progressives could shift the Biden administration. Joe Biden has already shifted on many policy issues for the far left. Now, they don't consider themselves far left. They say that Joe Biden is right. And Bernie Sanders is a centrist. That's just not true. It's all part of the propaganda to shift the wheel. Depending on how you look at it. There's the political compass, which is economic cooperation versus competition and authority versus liberty. Bernie Sanders is fairly far left. He's a socialist. He wants worker control of production. They call him a centrist because they're trying to shift the Overton window to the far left. Ideologically, there's the cultural far left as well, which is also gaining major ground. A vote for Joe Biden will shift the Overton window so far to the left. Joe Biden will be the far right candidate from then on. It will absolutely obliterate any kind of moderate conservatism, centrist or even center left position. Center leftists will all of a sudden find themselves as right wing like they already kind of are. There needs to be a yanking back of the Overton window when they say that Tucker Carlson is far right and Tucker Carlson's moderate. You have to wonder what they're really talking about, perhaps talking about in terms of the revolution far right, meaning how much do they oppose the revolution and far left, meaning how much do they support it, in which case the Boogaloo boys are far left. So which which definition are they using? I will tell you this. 
I will not stand for for videos of people throwing rocks at cars or, or, or stories of children being pepper sprayed by lunatic leftists that aren't Antifa because they hate Trump. Now, Antifa might want Trump because they want to get these lunatic leftists on their side. You know what, man? I've said it before and I'll say it again. The left has gone so insane that regular people are going to start demanding law and order and they're going to get it from Trump and no one else. And then we're going to see more federal authority. We're going to see more police authority. And these things are problems. What we need right now is the enforcement of existing law. It is illegal to pepper spray into someone's car. Okay, let alone kids. Well, I guess this lady got arrested. But the DA, the, uh, the district attorneys in many different jurisdictions are cutting people loose instead of prosecuting them. And thus, people are saying we want more law and order. There is going to be a recoil effect because most people want to be left alone. I'm sure a lot of people are sick of the media screaming in their face and they're sick of the rioters and they're saying, please just make it stop. Some of those people might vote for Biden saying just give in to the terrorists. Do what they want. Make it go away, please. Other people, people more like me are saying, Trump, here's the hammer. Deal with it. I do not negotiate with terror. If you want to use violence, threat, coercion, cancel culture to force your political goals upon me, I will do the opposite. No, I will not vote for Joe Biden. I'm going to vote for Trump and the Republicans for the first time in my life. Down, down ticket, Republican, president, Senate, Congress, all that stuff. I did vote already. Uh, that's what I did. I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. I'm not going to give you what you want because you refuse to call these people out. You want to say it's just the illiberal left, but you're ignoring the fact that wokeness is a cult and they have actively voted. The Democrats did to repeal civil rights law in California. I refuse this. I reject this and I will not allow it to spread nationally. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on uh, YouTube.com slash Timcast, which is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Something happened in 2014, 15, I don't know when. And the polls just started to make no sense. I have this tweet here from Harry Enton, forecaster, who said October 25th, 2016, at this moment, every single national poll would have to be wrong for Trump to win. Possible? Sure. Would I bet on it? No, I'm not an idiot. This is highlighted by Michael Tracy, who said that he uh, decided to take a quick gander and what some of our leading data pundit prognosticators were saying at this point in 2016. Did it turn out that every single national poll was wrong? Yes, but their forecast, the margin of error. So it's not like they were that wrong, but something is amiss. Is Donald Trump on track for a glorious and resounding reelection victory? I don't know. Is he on track for a glorious and resounding defeat? victory by Joe Biden. I don't know. But battleground polling is looking really good for Donald Trump and the Republicans as of right now. Can it be denied? Things may change. We're still a week away from the actual election. And early voting data doesn't, you know, it it fluctuates a bit. It's probably not good to opine on. But I think the data looks good for now. Democrats are supposed to be leading right now. They're the ones who are pushing really hard for early voting and mail voting. And the Republicans are either leading in many key states or trailing very, very closely, suggesting based on polling data from CBS in key battleground states, 
more people who support Trump have not voted than support Biden. So basically, for every 100 votes, voters, 50, uh, who, uh, for every 100 voters who have not voted yet, 59 in one state would be for Trump and 40 would be for Biden, meaning the remaining push of ballots is going to swing heavily Republican. Trump might actually win. I wanted to show you this tweet where Harry said every poll would have to be wrong for Trump to win, because I did a segment where I said the same thing. I was like, I don't know, man, could you imagine every pollster being out of a job because you can't make it twice in a row? Maybe they're really convinced Trump's going to lose. But if it could happen in 2016, why couldn't it happen again? Well, some people say that would be like saying lightning would strike twice. But that misses the real issue at hand. Something changed. Something changed. Now, many people like to say, Tim, that's wishful thinking. They just made a simple mistake back then. They didn't realize how close the margins were. Okay, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying, isn't one of the possibilities that the internet has altered who is voting, how they're voting, and the pollsters can't adapt to it? To put it simply, perhaps the change from 2012 to 2016 was so dramatic, forecasting based off of 2012 was meaningless. And the change from 2016 to 2020 was so dramatic, forecasting based on 2016's results is meaningless. There's an old saying, humans will not have to adapt to change, they'll have to adapt to the rate of change. Could it be that information technology is changing minds so rapidly that you can't just look at 2018 results, 2016 results and say, you know what's going to happen? Maybe polling is broken or maybe Trump is going to get crushed. I don't know for sure, but let's take a look at the data. As of right now, battleground Senate from target early 2020 early election and absentee vote report in the Senate battleground states. Republicans are winning 46.4 to 44. Now, there is some bad news around the same time. Proportionally, Democrats were lower. Republicans were higher, but it's not really bad news. What this means is it's proportions. In 2018, Republican early and absentee vote at, as of this time was 4.5 million compared to Democrats 3.7. Democrats have early are, are voting early in larger numbers with 8.6 million to Republicans nine, but Republicans doubled their turnout. They're still winning and Republicans are still expected to show up in droves on election day. This seems like Republicans are tracking to reclaim the Senate. Uh, it seems crazy to me, and maybe they'll lose. I'm not saying I know for sure. Look, we're in the middle of the game, okay? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I'm sure many of you have watched sports where you're like, there's no way, you know, you know, uh, the Cubs are going to come back from this one down three runs, and then somehow they pull it off in like the last two innings, and you're like, what? How did they do that? Maybe Democrats will. Maybe Republicans will. Check out the, the battleground states for president. This should be the most alarming to Democrats. 45.9% in favor of Democrats versus 43.9% in favor of Republicans. So, so percentage wise, 10.2 unaffiliated. Unaffiliated typically leans slightly to the left, but pretty much split. So I don't think we can we necessarily take that into consideration for the most part. We can see the Democrats are leading by just under 700, about 600,000 or so votes in the battleground states Trump needs to win to get reelected. Now, I could tell you it's bad news for Donald Trump, 
because typically Republicans lead the early vote. And right now, Democrats are leading. But early vote does not mean more vote. People keep confusing this. They're like, can you believe how many people early voted already? Wow. It's like at 50% of what the total vote count was in this year. That might not change. Now, a lot of people are saying we're on track for a historic voter turnout. I believe that's true. But it doesn't mean that many of these places we're going to see that much bigger of a turnout. Like, so we've got about 15 million, 14.8 million in the battleground states. The president needs to win to become president. It may end up being 20. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the hard number is. It's probably more than that. I'm just saying we don't know what the total will be just because people are voting early. But it stands to reason in many of these key states, Donald Trump is on track to win. Let me show you the polls. Polling USA says presidential support by those who have already voted in Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. Biden, 61, already voted. Consider this, already voted to Trump's 37. Georgia, Biden, 55. And North Carolina, Biden, 61 from CBS YouGov. Presidential support by those who have already voted. For those who have not voted, that means there are a lot of people who are pro-Trump. And I have, I have to actually have that image. I'm showing you this one because it's funny. Catherine Falder says, when we boarded Air Force One just now, a printout of this poll was left on every seat in the press cabin. Polling USA says, presidential support by those who haven't voted. 59% Trump, 54% Trump, 58% Trump. Meaning, as these battleground voters go and vote, they are more likely to be boosting the numbers for Donald Trump. And when Trump is only trailing by a few percentage points, but in these states, we've got 19 points, 10 points and 17 points. Trump's going to get a very, very big boost. Now, I want you to just think about what that means. Could you imagine a scenario where every pollster was wrong, but so incredibly wrong? Biden's polling right now, I believe nationally is like he's polling like 9.2 points above Donald Trump, which is insane. If Donald Trump wins the entire media ecosystem in terms of pollsters and universities, this whole thing gone. Now, check this part out in presidential battleground states. Voters have cast 51.5 percent of the total votes counted in the 2016 general election. We're only halfway there. Now, I don't know about the rest of these states. We got a lot of votes to go. So we're looking at a total of 32 million votes in the battleground states. We're looking at just about 30 or so million more. If these are going to skew Republican, Trump might actually win. Wouldn't that be strange? They told us that early voting, absentee voting were skewing Democrat by huge margins. And that means, according to Nate Silver of 538, mail-in votes that come in late will probably be neutral or even lean Republican. On election night, we might actually see Donald Trump win re-election. I wonder about it. I do. Why, are, why is every single poll telling us this? Well, I got to be honest. I, I think something broke. I do. I, I, look, I could be wrong. Far be it from me to question the experts, Right. I don't know what their modeling is, but I think something broke. Uh, maybe not broke, but maybe times have changed to such a degree. The Internet has become much, much more prominent, more and more, 
Twitter was on the way out for a while. You know that Twitter was dying until Trump came along. Perhaps things change so rapidly. Polls make no sense. You know, I look at some of these polls that are conducted over a week. The, new, the news might change so dramatically. We just have no idea. We really, really don't. But more importantly, it's the difference between 2018 and 2020 and 2016, 2018 and 2020. These pollsters will look at likely voters and say, this person is likely to vote. Are they accounting for the newly registered voters from Republicans? Are they accounting for urban liberals who have defected and joined Donald Trump? I don't think they are. They're mocking the idea. 538 said there's some wild theory that people won't admit they're voting for Trump. I tweeted, I wonder if polls could be skewed because some people refuse to admit publicly that or to a pollster or whatever that they're okay with people dying of COVID if it means getting their life back together. And I'm not saying, I'm saying that in kind of a harsh way. I mean, like recognizing maybe there's nothing we can do. We just need to open the economy. That means people will die. People don't want to say it. In fact, you can't even really say it on the internet because you say, you say the wrong thing about COVID, you'll get banned. So I wonder how many people are just not speaking up. And if that's the case, could the polls be dramatically incorrect? The response was, that's wishful thinking. Oh, you're just... People were saying, like, here we go, trying to justify why they think they're winning, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, I didn't say that. I, I was wondering if there was going to be a bias in this poll. I don't know if Trump's going to win. But I think something's broken. I do. And I think Trump is 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 close. I think it, I, I, I toss your coin, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I will tell you my personal bias, my gut feeling. My gut feeling is Trump victory. I just cannot see a Biden presidency. But that's meaningless because everybody said the same thing about Donald Trump winning. So. That's your data. That's the tweet of what people were saying back in 20 in, in, in 2016. Every poll would have to be wrong for Trump to win. And then he won. So, yeah, <laughs> he might win. He might lose. I don't know. I got a couple more segments in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have won their negotiations with Donald Trump and the Republicans over the COVID relief bill, and they are refusing to accept it and take yes for an answer. And you want to know how I know this is true? Jake Tapper of CNN said, quote, you could take yes for an answer. So we know the White House has moved closer to your position on a lot of issues. CNN twice now is is roasting Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats saying you are the one blocking COVID relief. Donald Trump has caved. He's given in. Fine. Get it done. And you said no. The Democrats want you to suffer. They're like a little kid watching ants in the magnifying glass laughing (laughs) as you suffer because they don't want Trump to win. What? You mean and give Trump a victory? No way. From the blaze, they say CNN host Jake Tapper grilled Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Sunday over why she continues to block passing additional coronavirus related aid that millions of Americans desperately need, all while blaming the White House. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows revealed on CNN State of the Union Sunday that Pelosi continues to move the goalposts on COVID-19. We have continued to make offer after offer after offer, and Nancy continues to move the goalposts. And as you know, we're up to 1.9 trillion. I personally have talked to the leader multiple times. I have talked to senators multiple times. And at the end of the day, it was the Democrats who just last week who said they weren't going to support a $500 billion deal. So they said no to some relief coming to Americans. Later in the show, Tapper grilled Pelosi over why she continues to stall economic relief, highlighting the fact that the Trump administration has attempted to compromise with House Democrats. So we know that the White House has moved closer to your position on a lot on lots of issues. 
coronavirus testing, contact tracing strategy, unemployment benefits, local government, Capper said before getting cut off by Pelosi. In response, Pelosi claimed Republicans have not attempted to compromise. And also this and also same thing. They keep moving the goalposts. They every time they say we move the goalposts, that means they're projecting what they did. Pelosi claimed. I'm sorry when CNN is roasting you and calling you out twice because Blitzer and now Tapper are doing it. I think it's fair to say, like, it must really be bad for Democrats if CNN's willing to call it out. The House Speaker then attempted to steer the conversation away from the COVID relief legislation. Tapper rejected the spin. But it seems like they're, they, they keep moving closer and closer, he said, of Republicans. I get that you're waiting for it on paper, but it just seems like you're winning. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. I'm looking at all of the things the White House is moving forward to your position on, and it seems like you could take yes for an answer. Pelosi tried to continue blaming Republicans for the lack of a deal, but Tapper quickly reminded her that even Democrats are imploring their leadership to make a deal. One of your own members, Congressman, Congressman Max Rose, said this week that the Democratic Party needs to learn to a certain extent how to declare victory and go home. You're getting a lot of messages from Democrats saying this is good enough. We need to say yes. Nancy Pelosi isn't interested in helping you. She's not interested in getting you what you need to survive. She doesn't want to give Trump a win. This is what happens when Trump derangement is in government. Max Rose props. But please spare me. You jumped on the impeachment bandwagon like a moron chasing after Pelosi. Maybe now you've finally grown a spine and I can respect that. And Max Rose does seem to have one. I've seen some great videos from him. He really does just say it. I can respect that. But it's about time these moderate Democrats started saying, you know what? It's Pelosi. She's the problem. Get rid of her. The American people need relief right now. It's, they say more spikes are coming. Things are going to get worse, whatever. Nancy Pelosi has Trump derangement and it's terminal to the point where she's like, I refuse to let Trump have any victories. She wants to strangle the American people out because she wants Trump to lose. And this is why Trump deserves to win. They say, indeed, last week, the White House pushed a nearly two trillion dollar coronavirus relief bill, which included many Democratic requests, making clear they want to compromise before Election Day. But Pelosi won't do it. Even when Democrats say, please do this. Ro Khanna said she, sh she should do it. More than one Democrat in the House has already said, Pelosi, get the deal done. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about the 25 or so million people who are suffering and in need. And I'm surprised that even CNN is willing to call this out because it is it is that bad. I mean, CNN would love to roast Trump all day. And now we're seeing the true depravity of people like Pelosi. I tell you what, Democrats, if you win the House, do not make her speaker again. She's never going to get voted out because the way just the way the system is, people go in and check D on the box. She's got to go. I'll tell you what, man, I don't care for any of these people. The two Americas financing the Trump and Biden campaigns. I'm a fan of George Carlin. Remember George Carlin? I'm sure most of you do. If you don't, you got to go watch his stuff. I remember some of his really great stand up that I used to watch when I was growing up. These people, these millionaires, they don't care about you. They're millionaires. Stop electing them. Go watch Carlin talk about it. He was a liberal. And now people are going to elect Joe Biden who is being propped up by the wealthy elites. Okay, 
You say to me, but Tim, Donald Trump is the wealthy elite. There's a big difference between people who want to fund the guy who will line their pockets with gold and the guy whose pockets are lined with gold, who is using that gold and losing it. Take a look at this story from The New York Times. This, this, this chart is amazing. Amount raised in millions by median household, in, in, median household income of zip codes. Trump's donors overwhelmingly come from less wealthy zip codes. And it goes way down as the wealth, the, the wealth of the zip code goes up. Joe Biden does as well, but he's got a spike here in median household income above $250,000. Donald Trump called this out at the debates. You're the guy funded by Wall Street. We don't take that money. Donald Trump raised half what Hillary raised, spent nearly half what Hillary spent in the last election cycle, and he won. Trump has got problems. I'll say it every single time, but he is not the candidate of Wall Street. He is not the candidate of the big tech billionaires who would sell you out to make a buck. He's not. So complain to me about him all you want. I'm sorry, man. It's Pelosi who is blocking what the American people need. It is Joe Biden who represents the billionaires. And where's Bernie Sanders? Sold us out in two seconds. As soon as they opened the door and said, welcome to the Millionaires Club, Bernie. Come on in. He said, "Okay." To be fair, Trump is a billionaire. I know, I know. I'm sick of the elitism. I like populism. I do fear populism without meritocracy, however. Just because someone fights for the will of the people doesn't mean the will of the, the, will of the people is a good thing. People sometimes don't know what, what needs to happen. And sometimes things aren't publicly available to the people for security reasons. It makes it really, really tough. But I err on the side of we need a president that listens to what the American people need and want, but has the skills to get the job done and avoid pitfalls that could hurt this country. I don't know if Donald Trump is that man, to be completely honest. Look, we've seen good things from him. I'll accept the great economy. I'll accept the peace deals and the withdrawal. But it doesn't mean everything he's done is completely good. I wouldn't know. I only have my issues that are important to me, which is the challenge. The president needs to represent everyone so he can look at the issues I care about. He can take action on them. And I'll say, all right, I accept these things. I like them. Joe Biden doesn't seem to care at all. Joe Biden, for 47 years, milked the system for all it's worth, making himself very wealthy and his brother and his son also very wealthy. Middle class working Joe with his son getting $83,000 per month on the board of an energy company he had no business being on. That's Biden Inc. The Democrats are the preferred party of the wealthy crony establishment elites, the billionaires. They probably saw the tides of coming during Occupy Wall Street. Vox ran an article in 2016 that said just this, that Democrats have become the preferred party of the very wealthy for the first time in a long time. And it probably has to do with Occupy. They said, if you want to have power and be a billionaire, support the left and they'll ignore you. And now I see even people on Twitter who claim to be, you know, anti-establishment, you know, socialist defending Joe Biden. I'll tell you what, I don't care if you hate Donald Trump. I will ask any one of these leftists, do me a favor. Can you please say that Biden and Trump are both garbage and they won't do it? If you really hate Trump, you really think he's the worst, but you really do oppose foreign intervention, interference in our elections and crony corporate capitalism, then tell me that Joe Biden is trash as well. 
Tell me the rest of the Democrats are. But so many won't do it. I have no problem saying that the Republicans are mostly garbage and so are the Democrats and Donald Trump barely gets by for me. Joe Biden is trash. Nancy Pelosi is garbage. There's very few politicians I actually like. Isn't that the easiest position to take? I hate everybody. I don't, though. I think Rand Paul's fantastic, by the way. Uh, Rand Paul, I think Tulsi, Go- Tulsi Gabbard was fantastic, though I guess she's, she's leaving. There's very few politicians I actually like. I feel like most people feel this way. They're all trash. But for some reason, you have these tribalists that will absolutely defend all of these Democrats. I don't know why. They are blocking your COVID relief and laughing in your face about it. And they are fun. They're being funded by the Wall Street millionaires and billionaires. Bernie, where'd you go, buddy? This used to be your thing. Now you're all on board. A spine would be nice. I get them all out. I'll say it a million times. I don't care. Every single one of them. Get them out. I understand. Look, I like Rand Paul. Thomas Massey is pretty cool, too. There's a handful of them. Just all the incumbents, just go bye bye. We'll start over. We'll figure it out. It doesn't mean it's going to be fixed. But I, you know what? The, these people who have made careers, I'm just not a fan of it. Someone made a really interesting point about we need statesmen, states people, huh? not politicians. And that's why I think Rand, Rand Paul mostly gets a pass for me. I think that guy's actually he actually tries. And there's a handful on, uh, on the Democratic side. Uh, my, my respect to Max Rose calling out uh, Nancy Pelosi as well as Ro Khanna. I think there are some good politicians on both sides, but very few and far between. We need some kind of we, we need something different. And just electing a new president isn't change. We need to get rid of the incumbents. Please just vote them out. I don't care if it's a progressive. Get rid of Nancy Pelosi. She can she can lose. She's 80. OK, give me give me a 30 year old progressive. I'll take it. At least it won't be the same crony establishment elites. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a couple minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. The NYPD, spineless, pathetic, feckless, for the most part. You know why? Police union slams hypocritical NYPD for suspending cop who blared Trump 2020 from squad car loudspeaker while praising its chief of department for taking a knee with Black Lives Matter protesters. The NYPD deploying what 27 cops to guard the Black Lives Matter mural. Pathetic. Stand up for yourselves. That's what the union's doing. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me stop here. Police union, NYPD police union, spines. I wonder what the rest of the NYPD establishment is is thinking. I wonder how it feels to be spineless. Perhaps you can ask your friends over in the union what that feels like. I'm not a big fan of of, of police unions. They They protect sometimes cops who do bad things. But I tell you this, I don't want to live in a society where Cops are told it is good for you to support one political message and you will be punished for supporting the other. If the cop can kneel and be praised for it, then a cop can yell MAGA 2020 or whatever it is. Equality under the law. I expect standards because I don't want to be that person living under the boot of your garbage political ideology. And by your, I'm just saying, I don't know who you are in general. We probably don't agree. Well, this country does a great job of making sure that we get to live together and work together and compromise on a lot of these issues, but it won't work if we have inequality. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. One of New York's top police unions accused the NYPD top brass of hypocrisy for suspending a cop who blared Trump 2020 over a squad car loudspeaker after the department's highest ranking uniformed officer was praised for his public show of support for Black Lives Matter. 
The unnamed cop was suspended without pay after his boisterous endorsement of President Donald Trump in Brooklyn's Flatbush neighborhood on Saturday. Mayor Bill de Blasio, Commissioner Dermot Shea and Chief of Department Terrence Monaghan condemned the officer's behavior as 100 percent unacceptable, stressing cops must remain apolitical. Yeah, spare me your lies. You're full of it. The Sergeant's Benevolent Association decried the suspension on Twitter, writing, the NYPD has a history of officers making political and outside the norm statements and ignoring it. Suspending this officer is unnecessary and way over the top. Chief of department took a knee with protesters. No disciplinary action was issued. The union added, referencing how Monaghan knelt alongside Black Lives Matter protesters during a demonstration on June 1st. Blue flu, baby. Come on, you guys are a union. Can't you get your guys to blue flu? That's the way you do the strike, isn't it? Otherwise, I guess it's illegal. They're not allowed to. They say the SBA also retweeted a post in which Monaghan wrote, when you wear our uniform, it is imperative to remain apolitical. Behavior like this will not be tolerated and will be dealt with. The union added a photo of Monaghan kneeling at the June protest, writing, what's the status of this investigation? Oh, wait, double standard white shirt immunity. Terrence, you said nothing when captains and chiefs took a knee with violent protesters who injured members of the NYPD. You say nothing to those who sing and dance in uniform. Now your little itsy bitsy balls are in de Blasio's palm and you tweet nonsense. Relax and take a knee. Woohoo! That was spicy, to say the least. A little bit more spicy than I usually get on this channel. The SBA also praised the suspended officer, saying that police are rightfully supporting the president. The Democratic Party has abandoned police officers, encouraged violence and lawlessness. People are being murdered in Democratic-run cities, the union wrote in a tweet, tagging the president and his sons, Eric and Don Jr. Well, let me tell you something about the NYPD. I have a great story. You see, in 20, I believe it was early 2012, the NYPD arrested a photographer uh, who did nothing wrong. He was standing on the sidewalk. They claimed he was obstructing a roadway and refused their instructions. That was completely not true. They never gave him instructions and he was standing on the sidewalk. Lucky for this man, I was streaming live at the time. When this man got arrested, he had actually gone down to film from the police perspective something positive for them. They arrested him, lied about why they arrested him, and lied under oath. And was there any penalty for the NYPD? None whatsoever. So you know what? I am no fan of the NYPD at all, or these cops who are willing to do it, make these lies. But I'll tell you this, just because I detest that moment doesn't mean I will blame every single cop, every single off, uh, ranking officer, white shirt, whatever. It means I'm mad at those involved. And I'm mad that there is a culture of this and I want reform. It also means I recognize if you have cops defending your political message, if you have cops taking a knee in a political statement, then you cannot punish other cops. Just because I can be mad about particular instances doesn't mean I will blame every single cop and laugh or hold it against them. No, there is a balance. There is reasonable. There is rational. And I do not want to see a politicized police force more than I already have. This is just making things worse. The SBA said police officers across the nation are advocating for Trump, and rightfully so. The Democratic Party has abandoned police officers, encouraged violence and lawlessness. People are being murdered in Democratic-run cities. The incident that sparked the suspension took place on Saturday at around 9.50 p.m. 
when two officers were filmed standing outside of a patrol vehicle on St. Paul Street in Flatbush, and a man yelled at them saying, F yourselves and you, you effing fascists. One of the officers was then heard through the patrol speaker saying, Trump 2020, put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, Trump 2020. Take a picture, take a picture, put it on Facebook, put it on YouTube, have some fun. Brandon Hines, 34, watched the scene unfold from his apartment and his roommate recorded it. He said cops started to say Trump 2020 when a pedestrian gave the cops the middle finger because their car was in the crosswalk. Well, their car shouldn't be in the crosswalk, but I digress. We went to the window just to make sure whoever he was talking to was safe. And this is not the first time we had an issue of cops using the bullhorn in the neighborhood. I'm just your average gay black guy, but I've been stopped and frisked twice on my block. This is a predominantly black community, and there is obviously that beef between cops and the community. It goes back a long time. It's been a whole summer of this, but this is the first time I heard the police officers endorsing or say they were going to be voting for Trump. What about the cops guarding the mural? What about the, what about the cops taking a knee? What about them? They've been doing it. This is what you get. Morality policing. You do, you do not want this. Let me tell you, this is another sign of the coming morality policing. When the mob shows up to your house, accuses you of some BS, and they say, well, we have to arrest them. And then when they go out and do it, when they go out and riot, they're protected. Look at what happens to this cop who says Trump. He gets suspended without pay. But the cops who take a knee, well, they're praised by everyone. Where do you think that leads? I don't think it's a place you want to end up. The NYPD caught wind of this play and posted on Twitter. The police officer who was under investigation for using a department vehicle loudspeaker for political purposes has been suspended, effective immediately. Mayor de Blasio and Commissioner Shea were quick to condemn the officer's actions. Let me be clear. Any NYPD officer pushing any political agenda while on duty will face consequences. We will act fast here, and this will not be tolerated. What Mayor Bell de Blasio is saying to you, as he sits back and sips his very expensive wine because he's a fancy landowner. He's a landlord. And his wife is getting like, she's like a, a staff that gets like $2 million a year compensation. He's laughing atop his ivory tower, sipping his wine, saying, silly peasant, how dare you speak out against my political ideals? You would dare vote for Donald Trump. That's all I see. The wealthy elites flaunting their power and spitting in our faces and laughing, saying you can't do anything about it. So maybe these cops need to make a message. Maybe they need to do something. I'll tell you what, here's, here's my recommendation. You can't go on strike, apparently, uh, NYPD officers. The white shirts are allowed to make the statements. Those are the white shirts are the ones, you know, who, who are like, they're, they're higher ranking. What if every cop in New York just yelled Trump 2020 over their loudspeakers? What would they do then? They can't suspend all of you, can they? No, they can't. And so what? Then what? Nothing. Then nothing. You win. You would win. I'd love to see it. I would love to see every single NYPD cop at the same time, five o'clock on the dot, Trump 2020 on their loudspeakers, because you would be able to do nothing. And the worst case scenario for the cops is guess what? Now they'll make you go on strike. Imagine if they suspended every single cop. It would never happen. That's the real power of being in a union. That's the power of working in concert with others. Now, I know conservatives tend to be individualist, but this is a great opportunity. I'm telling you, just think about how, how amazing it would be if they actually did it. The spokesperson for the mayor, Bill Neidhart, 
said an investigation launch Sunday would be completed by the end of the day. We will have a, we will have quick consequences today that will send a clear message. Commissioner Shea blasted the incident as 100% unacceptable. Nah, I think you guys are pathetic. I think the NYPD has got tons of problems. And I think the problem is its command structure. I don't think the regular cops are, are the problem at all, for the most part. Some young dude yelling 20, Trump on his bullhorn. So what? The real problem is the command structure. Bill de Blasio breaks the law to paint Black Lives Matter. He uses taxpayer dollars without approval. He gets away with it. And then he, de- and then he sends 27 or so officers to guard it. His political message. The cops who guard that, in my opinion, are crooked. Yeah, crooked. And if it were me and you were guarding an unconstitutional, illegal mural put up by a politician for his reelection campaign and you went and defended that, I don't care. I would fire you on the spot. That's your choice to defend corruption. Not it's not the responsibility of those telling you. Imagine this. Imagine your boss was like, I need you to go to commit a crime. And you're like, but no, I have to because it's my boss. No, it's your fault. Whatever, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.